Storygram Network. The content and products discussed in this program have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, nor are they intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Any decisions made around your health should be discussed with your health practitioner. Welcome to Body Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Morgan, Health and Human Potential Master Coach and Edutainment Curator. I started Body Talk over a decade ago in order to achieve my mission of educating and inspiring millions to a healthier way of living. Body Talk Radio is more than just a radio show. It's your gateway to information and education relevant to today's most important health topics. Delivered by top thought leaders, influencers, and world changers in the health and human potential space. If you love great health talk, listen in and join the community. Get educated, get inspired, and become a healthier you. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Heather Morgan, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me on this rainy Friday afternoon. But gosh, you have been so um, alive and active in reaching out to me on the on the, my website, which is so cool. I love hearing from you all, and um, I want to invite you all to, to keep joining me and keep sending me questions and interacting because it really is all about uh, my being here. And, um, you know, when I had, you know, ever since I launched uh, being in the media, it's really just about helping you and really about um, bringing information and tools and opportunity that, you know, that makes your life better. And um, so, like I said, lots of messages have been coming in different, some for our upcoming, our upcoming guest today, Dr. Joan Rosenberg, who I will talk about here in a moment. Um, but in general, so um, I am answering your questions often in writing and responding to you that way. Um, sometimes I save the questions for on air and, and I always mean to carve out time on air to go over some of the questions and it doesn't always happen. So I need to get better at doing that. Um, but regardless, I'm responding online. So if you send a question in, um, you'll get a, you'll get an answer in writing from myself or my team and, um, and we will be able to at least give you some tools, guidance or tips, um, towards answering your question. Um, but definitely keep reaching out to me. I really appreciate it. And I hope it's providing value for you as well. So, uh, today's guest, um, is Dr. Joan Rosenberg. She's the author of the, um, the book 90 seconds to a life you love. It's a new book. And, um, Dr. Joan Rosenberg is just, um, a really a renowned psychologist who's helped so many people um, create better lives and um, and work through anxiety, stress, you know, life situations that can often paralyze us or, you know, make us stuck for whatever reason. And um, I, you know, I've known Dr. Joan uh, professionally now for quite a few years and I've always seen her, um, you know, she's spoken on, you know, she's, she's been on TED, um, she's done TED Talks, she's She's contributed and given to many, many, um, you know, and movies, series, documentaries. Um, she's, she's been a contributor on lots of different ways across media channels. And I'm really excited to have her come talk to us all today. You definitely want to stick around. You definitely want to be here to hear what Dr. Rosenberg has to say because, um, she helps change lives for the better. And who doesn't want to hear that? That's what this, this radio show and podcast are all about. It's really about bringing, bringing, bringing things to help make you better. And, um, so I'm super excited. So, but we have just a few minutes until Dr. Rosenberg calls in. And I want to just remind everybody that we have our Facebook page, um, Body Talk Radio on Facebook, and we have a social page there. So you're welcome to come join us there. We also have, um, my website, which is bodytalkradio.com. That's where, uh, people reach out with questions. Um, oftentimes they send questions in for the guest. You know, they see who the guest is going to be. So you're welcome to do that. Um, we do have some questions that came in for Dr. Rosenberg this 
this week. So if you're one of those, hopefully we'll get that answered for you today as well. Um, and then, you know, we used to be really good about putting on the, the calendar, uh, the guests that are, that are ahead. And, um, I want to make sure that we get back to doing that because that's really going to be, um, important for people to plan out, you know, when they want to be listening to the show live and or get their questions answered. So that's one thing that I want to commit to doing a little bit better for you as well. Um, lots of great feedback from our, our past couple of guests. So I really want to make sure that, you know, we're bringing you the information that you want to hear. So as you're bringing me questions on the website, I'm seeking out health professionals to interview that are addressing some of your questions. So, and that is how, you know, Dr. Rosenberg, um, I've been wanting to have her on the show for a while. She has a new book out that is something everybody should have in their library of self-development and self-improvement. So I thought it was a good time to bring her on, but she's going to talk about a lot of the issues that you email me about constantly, you know, um, just being stuck in your life and anxiety and all those types of things that you're dealing with on a regular basis, you and or your loved ones. So um, this is going to be a, a pretty uh, a pretty good show for you to be able to have in your archives for sure. Um, so just to tell you a little bit more, I'm going to read Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones' bio before she calls in so I don't have to take the time when she calls in to reading her bio. Um, but uh, so she is the best-selling author. She's a best-selling author, consultant, master clinician, and media host. Um, she is cutting-edge psychologist who's known uh, really as an innovator and a thinker. Um, she uh, is an acclaimed speaker and trainer. Uh, she's a two-time TEDx speaker and member of the Association of Transformational Leaders. She's been recognized for her thought leadership and influence in personal development. Dr. Rosenberg has been featured in documentaries in the documentaries I Am, I remember that one. Um, the Miracle Mindset, I remember that one. And I've, I'm going to read more, but right now we're going to bring Dr. Dr. Joan onto the show. Hello, Dr. Joan. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I, did I, I have, I, I'm a little bit confused. You're Is live. Or not? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Yep. So you are live on, on the air in the uh, live live public radio in the North Bay area. Um, we're up in oh, Sonoma okay. County. Yeah. So we're up here in Santa Rosa, Sonoma area, Napa, and uh, we're on live on the radio. So we're not, li- we're not doing a video. Um, and then this is, this is, this is a, po- then we have a podcast that this will be turned into a podcast. All good. Thank I know, you. right? Okay. Of course. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you know, I'm a fan. Obviously, I've, but, I've, uh, I've followed your work and been uh, collaborating with you professionally now for a few years, and was thrilled to see that you launched your new book. And I wanted to just have you talk to my community and really just share the great work that you're doing and share share your new book with my community. So, thank you, uh, Dr. Rosenberg, for taking time with us today. Oh, it is my absolute pleasure to do it. So thank you so very much. Of course. I'm I'm, I'm all in. Yay. Well, we're so grateful because I've got questions that people have submitted in advance from the website. We've got, um, you know, a pretty good following of people who really look forward to engaging with and hearing from the professionals that come on the show. So I have um, already, just for the past few minutes, I've been reading your bio and just really kind of letting the audience know a little bit more about you, the work that you do, and, um, and you know, a lot of the, the media uh, things that you've done in the past and so forth. So I didn't want to take our interview time with going through the accolades uh, <laughs> and all of the <laughs> all of the wonderful things that you've done. So this is where we're at now. We've kind of gone through your bio. I've introduced um, you to the audience via the information that I have at hand. And now I'd love to just start off with you. Um, just really, if you had to sort of summarize the, the work that you do um, and... Uh, could you let our let our audience know? You know, what do you do, and why do you do it? <laughs> what am I doing? Why do I do it? <laughs> uh, uh, well, <laughs> uh, probably the easiest way to encapsulate my work mm-hmm. is to say it's related to developing emotional mastery. Great, and 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 the, and the upshot of that is people li- living more confidently, 
more resiliently and more authentically. I love that. And and that the 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 why I do it, uh, I've really been in the field of personal development and self help, or not self help, but it, it ends up ultimately once you know how to do it, it becomes your own personal kind of self help. Of course, but personal transformation, personal development, self growth, really for all. Uh, I would say into my late teen, mid to late teens. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's it. That's great. So, so really, a lot of this is stems from your own personal work. Then, and, and initially, I, you know, the truth be told, I started out as a, as what I like to say, as an exquisitely shy child. Okay, and and <laughs> I, which meant that I was a little bit more of a wallflower, looking over to the people that were around me, going, mm-hmm. "How come they're laughing? How come they're confident? Mm. How come they?" seem like they belong and mm-hmm. how come I don't feel I feel, feel so it. different and feel like I can't be part of that and mm-hmm. I also got bullied as a kid mm-hmm. you know through childhood and adolescence and mm-hmm. that taught me a whole lot and so it's it that was the first part of it mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. really it's like so probably one question percolating from an early age was how is it that people develop confidence mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. as I went as I got further into the field then it became how come people struggle so much with unpleasant feelings mm. and and then as i got even further along in kind of this whole process it was really understanding how the two intersected and that un- knowing how to deal with unpleasant feelings mm. to experience and move through them had everything to do with confidence with resilience and authenticity okay so let's let's stop there because that's really really powerful, okay? Um, especially with you know the younger generation today and kids and and I, you know I agree with you it's always been ex- existent but I think with social media with you know um, I mean studies show it's a fact with social media that kids kids are actually having more and more identity problems and more and more problems feeling less than because they're seeing all this perfection on social media and whatnot and so I would I would venture to say that your work is is more important now than than ever and and purposeful um, and relevant to what's what's going on today and and how do you deal with you know feelings of inadequacy and and turn those around to and work through them and and I can I can say that you know I, I you know I and I and I look with even with my own son who has had similar experiences to what you've explained with your childhood um and 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 working through that and and the fear so um I think a lot of people who are listening are probably can relate to what you're well, saying well <laughs> well, you just walked into a couple of my <laughs> my favorite topics. Okay. Um, 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 largely because I, I mean, the first thing I mean, and I, so, so my, I've got to say, you've got to read my book because you'll understand more. Yeah. But, but, but here's a, a couple things that that I talk about in there, and the first is you talked about feeling inadequate. Yeah. So, so my the first thing I want to respond to to that is that. That one doesn't feel inadequate. Okay. One cool. th- one think one thinks inadequate. Ah, okay. Love it. Okay. So so let's make a distinction between words that sound like unworthy, undeserving, inadequate, or anything else you want to put there like that, and understand those are thoughts. They're evaluative. They're a judgment, and they're evaluating something. Mm. So then we're thinking something. Hmm. So the first thing I want to do is to challenge the the inadequate, and instead, what I would replace it with, <clears throat> excuse me, since I talk about eight unpleasant feelings, I would replace it with one of the eight and say that the person is feeling vulnerable. Ah, okay. they could be hurt, right? Sure. So if we defi- if we and I talk about two kinds of de- vulnerability in the book, but if we talk about just the notion of vulnerability itself, it's this idea that we could be hurt. Mm, right, and right? it's painful. So, right, and it's painful, mm-hmm. and which would lead us to the other seven feelings. Mm. So, so the so the first thing there is that that with children, it's understanding that if they're getting caught in this loop of I'm not good enough, I'm not perfect enough, I'm not whatever mm-hmm. it is, or I feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. It's to understand those are all thoughts, and probably all of those thoughts are a distraction from feeling vulnerable. 
Makes sense. Very good. All right. And then the same thing, if a child is worried about what other people are thinking about them, mm-hmm. I also talk about that in the book. In fact, there's like probably four or five pages devoted to it called Worrying About What Other People Think of You oh, or how to, stop wor- uh, how to Stop Worrying About What Other People Think of You. Oh, my gosh. And it's to, uh, and it's to understand that that, too, is a distraction. It's a thinking distraction hmm. away from feeling vulnerable. Right? Interesting. Yeah. So, so, so interesting. Okay, and 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 I want to keep going because I I want to deep dive a little bit more into the, all the great things that your book has to offer. Um, I'm following your lead. Okay, excellent. Um, so we have just um, actually let's see, it's nine twenty, or I'm sorry, it's it's twenty after. So we're going to take a quick break because I have to go. Um, we have to go and and do our our sponsors. But sure. um, if you don't mind just hanging hanging tight just for a moment, it take about a minute or so and then we're going to come back and then we're going to we're going to dive into your book a little bit more. Um, because the things that I'm hearing from you are already just just things that that people experience just about everybody. I mean, it's hard to for anybody to avoid these things, but right, it's really all about the tools. And and what I'm hearing from you is that you know, these are things that can be helped and these are things that can be worked on and that there's tools because some people get stuck and live their lives in these patterns that are really limiting them. And um and and I love the fact that that the work that you're doing here gives people those tools and they can they can they can work through it. So Yes, hundred percent. Totally if to use your word, totally fixable. Yes. Love it. That's or, to- or, or totally learnable or teachable. Yes. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh, that's that's so hopeful for so many people. So everybody, stay tuned, um, Dr. Rosenberg. If you'll just please hang tight, we'll be back. We're going to go hear a bit from our sponsors. Right, everyone, we are back. You are listening to Heather Morgan. I'm so excited you're here with me today listening. We've got Dr. Joan Rosenberg, author of 90 Seconds to a Life You Love. How nice would that be if we had tools to be able to take 90 seconds and literally readjust our framework when we need it? Very cool. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, in the last segment, Dr. Rosenberg, we talked about thoughts. Um, you brought this up quite a bit and distractions from thoughts. Can we start there as we go into, um, as we go into, I guess, you know, I've always, I've always said, you know, your thoughts become, you know, your actions, right? Your words become, what is it? Your thoughts become your words become, they become your reality eventually. So right. thoughts are powerful. Right. Yes. Yes, thoughts are powerful. But I, again, I, which part would you like me to go into? The I mean, because we can go into this notion of no. For me, thoughts, how and what we think. So, what being the actual things we're we're saying, or okay. what we're the the actual things we're thinking about, and how being the patterns with with the thoughts we have. Okay. So for instance, for instance, if all I do is think negatively and I never consider positive possibilities. Right. That w- that would be a faulty thinking pattern. Okay. So that's a how we, that's a how we think. Okay. Gotcha. The the specific thing I'm thinking that's negative mm-hmm. would be the what I think. Okay. Gotcha. For sure. Like, this will never this this will never turn out would mm-hmm. be would be the what I think and and if I always think that way, then mm-hmm. that would be the how I think. Right. And would you say those are patterns or behaviors that are developed? Um, that, so you mentioned these can all be fixed, which is great, right? And I guess yes. it, I guess it doesn't really matter, you know, looking too much at how it was developed. But you know, the hopeful part is that these things, these thought patterns, these negative thought patterns that probably are rooted in fear and like you said are avoiding you know vulnerability in these things um what people what you have to offer people is tools to be able to manage that 
because I am I'm a big believer that if you can master your thoughts, you can you can master your life. Would you agree with that statement? I, I, I would, but I would say that there are uh, a couple, at least two or three major things that are missing from that. So it's, okay, let's yeah, do master, it. Mastering, so mastering our thoughts is is one piece of it, and I and there's a the, certainly a different way to think. I offer a different way to think through a number of different chapters, most specifically through through the anxiety chapter and mm. the and the actually there's a thinking chapter in there. Mm. Um, and I'll give you the title of the thinking chapter momentarily. Okay. It is, one is releasing anxiety and the other one is resolving faulty thinking. But I, but I also talk about harsh self-criticism and how to deal with that. So, um, so there are many uh, what, what psychology calls reframes. There's many, uh, ma- I offer many ways to have a different perspective mm-hmm. on, on what, and what you've seen before, just like we were talking earlier. Uh, bef- before your your commercial break, mm-hmm. the or your sponsor break, the and the but the first thing I want people to understand it is if if they have a pretty normally functioning brain, mm-hmm. then what I always say is if you have the capacity to think, you have the capacity to change. Mm. So it's so in that regard, it's always hopeful. Mm, that's great. Uh, and, and so then it's learning. Okay, then how do I need to th- think differently that's going to make a big difference? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the other part is that it, I would want somebody to be able to have some mastery over their um, emotions, if you will, yes. or be able to, to regulate them or to modulate them more effectively. So that would be another area. And that's for huge. me, around, around emotions, it's being able to experience and express feeling. Mm, okay. <clears throat> so not just experiencing it, but... But it's also the expression piece, the speaking piece, is super important mm-hmm. and has everything to do with confidence mm. and and authenticity. Mm. And and then the other is how people behave, the actions they take. So mm-hmm. I, the, the, at the minimum, it would be those four. Okay. Okay. And if 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 you could please um, about about the book, ninety seconds to a life you love. Yes. How? How? Okay. So, ninety seconds. Is this is once people get through the book, and they have yes. an, a basic understanding of the principles that you're teaching, mm-hmm. then there there is something in place that they can apply that and master it to a point where this they can master it within ninety seconds. That will help. Correct. Yeah. Yes. But and but the, for me, it's understanding that it's ninety seconds repeated throughout your life. It's not just one ninety seconds and then you're done. Right. It's 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 ninety seconds repeated throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 it, so let me let me walk you through the, the kind yeah. of the premise, the overall premise of the book. Great. And 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 then if I can walk you through the the formula for it, then yeah. I, I'll take you through the method, and then and then you can talk take it anywhere you want to go. Perfect. So the the first the first is to understand that, that the, here's the premise is if if someone can experience and move through one or more ninety second waves of one or more of eight unpleasant feelings. They can pursue anything they want in life. Mm. I love it. Okay, so but then there's so there's a formula kind of attached to this. Okay, and and a, a colleague of mine called it the Rosenberg reset. So it, it sort of stuck, and that's what that's what I've called Great. it. Great. So if, if people will um, give me that freedom, love <laughs> it absolutely. Um, the, so the 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 formula is one choice, eight feelings, ninety seconds, <clears throat> and the. The one choice is a choice to stay aware of and in touch with as much of your moment-to-moment experience as possible. Okay. So what we're talking about is staying in a place of awareness, not avoidance. Okay, yeah. So, so the, the key thought there, the one choice, choose into awareness, being aware of what's going on for you. Okay. Then, then the eight feelings part of the formula is being able to experience and move through eight unpleasant feelings. And the eight unpleasant feelings are sadness, shame, helplessness, anger, vulnerability, embarrassment, disappointment, and frustration. Mm-hmm. So that somebody's gonna go, well, why those eight? Because that question always gets asked. Yeah. 
And and it's why those eight because in my mind and through my clinical experience, mm-hmm. those are the most common feeling outcomes or the most common feeling reactions mm-hmm. to things not turning out the way we need or the mm. way we want. So good. So that's that's why those eight are there. I love it. And then and then the ninety seconds has to do with how to tolerate or to move, experience and move through those those eight feelings. Okay. And and it's the idea here is to understand that we actually come to know what we are feeling emotionally through bodily sensation. Mm-hmm. And and we know it because the feelings are generally experienced in the body first. Mm-hmm. So so you can think of a fast heartbeat when when mm-hmm. again somebody's feeling vulnerable, or to use the word I don't like to use, anxiety, mm-hmm. or but, butterflies in your stomach, or yeah, exactly, uh, or the, or the face flushing that comes mm-hmm. with embarrassment, mm-hmm. or and we can go on and on, right, right. Mm-hmm. But but we come to know what we're feeling emotionally through those bodily sensations, and and the key here. Is that is to understand that when a feeling fires off in the body, then we get a rush of biochemicals that, that a rush of biochemicals into our bloodstream mm-hmm. that activate those bodily sensations we were just talking about. Right. And then there's a flush out of the bloodstream hmm. in roughly ninety seconds. Really. So that yeah, I mean, if you can stop and think about it, your embarrassment doesn't last forever. Right? It doesn't right. last forever. It's actually pretty quick. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and so what dawned on me, and, and trying to answer the question about what what was it that that made experiencing unpleasant feelings so hard, it was it was the it was like I had an aha moment that it was, oh, it's not that we don't want to feel emotionally or feel the emotion the emotional experience we have. We don't want to feel the bodily sensation that helps us know what it is. Hmm. So it's the bodily sensation that everybody wants to avoid. Hmm. But if everybody understood that all we're talking about is 60 to 90 seconds, and it's frankly, it's, it's less most of the time. Interesting. Of, of those bodily sensations, then most people go, I can do 90 I seconds. I can do that. Yeah. Right? It doesn't, then it's so, not so bad. No. Mm-hmm. No, then it's not so bad. And then it's just a matter of when you start to have a reaction mm-hmm. I've had people that have already been reading the book go well what I do is it's like I just I, it's 90 seconds stay with the experience it's 90 seconds just stay with it and wow. and then and then what ends up if, if you even need to do that mm-hmm, right um, but but if you don't just stay present to whatever the bodily reaction is just know it's going to hit uh, an intensity point that's higher and then it's going to come down and you're done so what, Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. So in the case of social anxiety, um, mm-hmm. somebody, um, you know, ha, ha, you know, is in an environment where there's maybe a larger group and the attention goes on to them mm-hmm. and they're going to experience those visceral, you know, feelings. And if if they knew about your plan or knew about your, your book and your program, your, the approach, yeah. your approach, then... They would realize, in, in general, that this is ninety seconds, and if I can just be, be go through it, it's it's good. Right, right, right. So a couple different things there. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if they have an awareness, of the approach they would typically describe themselves as having social anxiety, mm-hmm. which I would I would describe differently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then all they have to do is to remind themselves that what they're feeling is vulnerable. Okay. Right, vulnerability right. is one one of the eight. Yeah, D- naming it right, naming it yeah. is like and it, yeah, and it, naming it changes the experience. Mm. Oh, I'm not socially anxious. Mm. I'm just feeling vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I could get embarrassed. Mm. Yes. So, so here's the beauty, Heather. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you can experience and move through. All, all eight feelings, right? Vulnerability being one of them. If you can, actually, let me let me change, make a correction here. If if you're feeling vulnerable, the key to handling handling vulnerability is to be able to tolerate the other seven feelings. Wow. Okay. So, because let's, example. Because well, I'm in a group. I'm afraid I might get called on, or I'm in I'm in a class situation. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid I might get called on. I'm not sure if I know the answer. Oh, I do get called on. So I'm vulnerable in that state. Oh, I do get called on. Oh, doggone it, I gave the wrong answer. Now I'm embarrassed. But if I can handle embarrassment, I can put my hand up. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Who cares? I'm learning. Mm. Okay. So then is part of your your approach to learn how to handle all of these? But, well, the, the trick, the key is I, I just gave you the method mm-hmm. tolerating the bodily sensations. Right. Is the method, really. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's reminding yourself that it's a short lived bodily sensation. Mm. Now, I will tell you that most of the people go, well, yeah, but I've been wrestling with this thing that's bothered me for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Or right, or or ten years, I can't get it out of my head. Or mm-hmm. well, then there's for me that that moves us to a whole different level of conversation, mm-hmm. and sure. and that it, the the part of the reason that feelings linger, which I also talk about in the book, uh, one of the main reasons is that we keep on rethinking and keep on bringing back the same memory, and as a result, the feelings that were tied to those thoughts or those memories. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, they're just going to tag right along. So mm-hmm. it feels like you. It feels like the feelings just linger because you keep on repeating the same memory. Mm, so true. Is that sort of like post-traumatic stress would be? Yeah, it, it it is. But what I would say is that the book is not intended. It's not a PTSD book. Mm-hmm. The, the book. The, so and so the one caveat caveat I would wrap around the whole approach is that. It's not, I didn't write it and, and talk about even the 90 seconds approach as it relates to trauma or tragedy. Okay, sure. Because, because the brain encodes trauma and tragedy differently. Mm, makes sense. And, and so what I'm talking about here are the everyday reactions mm. to life. That's, that's what we need. That's what we all need. Yes. And then, and then might it work for people who are struggling with post-traumatic stress yes it might but again it's not sure it's not directly intended for the audience Mm -hmm. okay fair enough that makes that makes good good sense um and then we so we have another break uh dr rosenberg we have one more break and then when we come back i'd love to have you continue along um you know walking us through walking us through the book happily okay great so everyone hang tight we will be back in a moment All right, everyone, we are back. You're listening to Body Talk Radio, and um, we have Dr. Joan Rosenberg, the author of 90 Seconds to a Life You Love. Joining us today, welcome back to the show, Dr. Rosenberg. Thank you so much. Great. Before we proceed on, I want to make sure that everybody knows where to follow you. Um, Where's the best place they can go to learn more about your work? DrJoanRosenberg.com is probably the easiest. Great. And that's so in terms of a website. Mm -hmm. Then there's uh, two TED Talks that I did. So if they Mm -hmm. just punch my name in and put Joan Rosenberg TED Talks, two TED Talks will come up. They'll actually get it. They'll actually get a taste of what's in the book if they do that. Mm -hmm. And the uh, then they I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Most and then I'm also on uh, LinkedIn, and most of those can be found with uh, Dr. Joan Rosenberg. Okay, great, Dr. Joan Rosenberg dot yeah. com. Fantastic. Yeah. And then to get the book is that the to get best? the book. Mm-hmm. Well, to, to get the book, they can go to ninety seconds dot com. They can go to my website at drjoanrosenberg.com. dot com. If they want more than more than five, they can go to ceo reads or ceo read dot com. And if they are otherwise, they can go. Uh, to you know, to Barnes and Noble local, or they can go online. Amazon, anywhere. yeah, anywhere, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, no, because we had um, some people chime in from on our website this week. Just um, a lot of people hear who the guests are, and then they respond or they send in questions. And um, you know, someone responded that they had the book, they absolutely loved it, and felt that everybody should have it. So that was really great. Oh, sweet. I know, right? And um, awesome. Yeah, and uh, and. 
and then we had, had other people obviously um, asking various different questions like where could they hear your TED talk and things like that so um, people are definitely they're you know they're interested and, and I mean you know again I think that you know especially I keep saying it but especially in today's society this work is just so relevant and so impactful so I really appreciate you being here and let's continue to walk through your uh, sure yeah your approach sure yes so, again, uh, what would you what what next? I'm following your lead here. Okay, excellent. Well, so we talked about and I, and I really appreciated that. You know the the um, the 90 seconds. We talked about the eight feelings and right. um, and then you mentioned something else beyond this reset um, that was in the book that was part of your approach. And I can't remember what it was at the beginning. Well, it was the one choice, eight feelings, and then 90 seconds is the is the reset itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, and then for for me it's it's understanding that that we basically apply that on an ongoing basis as we deal with everyday moments in life. Sure. And and then um and in the book are there like tips and tools for being able to apply that for people to 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 learn or just really just that being aware realizing that the 90 seconds is going to be up or are there specific tangible things that people can do or practice oh my oh my goodness i, I have uh 14 different journal prompts i think i've played 20 oh. different exercise at uh, 20 different exercises okay i, I ha- it's a totally a practical practical guide mm. and, and and in fact a colleague of mine called it a manual for life which was a mm-hmm. new one i hadn't heard that yet i love that and and, and i uh, for i have chapters on uh, resolving anxiety i have chapters on moving through grief which has to do with basically handling uh, the uh, kind of reworking the old stories of who we are from childhood oh that's that's really powerful I have a whole chapter on speaking up and the importance of learning how to speak with ease. And so what I'm talking about is speaking in a positive, kind, and well-intentioned way and being able to speak up with with whomever you need to speak to when you need to do it and, and being able to say the things you want to say and, and why that is so central to self-confidence or to confidence proper oh my goodness and and some people really take a whole lifetime to be able to do that if ever um and and a lot of times it's just because they're not they they don't they're not aware that they can do it and well yeah can i can i speak to that yeah okay so so here's here's the thing difficulty speaking up is not a speaking problem Mm mm-hmm Difficulty speaking up is a, I don't want to deal with my unpleasant feeling problem. Mm, makes sense. So, so if somebody has a hard time dealing with those eight unpleasant feelings, mm-hmm. they're not going to speak up mm, because they're having, right? they're having, right, because they're having difficulty tolerating the discomfort of their own emotional discomfort. Mm. To have a conversation, not only do you have to tolerate the discomfort of your own emotional discomfort, you have to tolerate the discomfort of someone else's emotional discomfort mm. simultaneously. So good. So, so good. So, so and, it's, and it's not a situation where we know ourselves and then we speak, or we have confidence and then we speak. The truth is, as we speak, that's when we come to know ourselves more or how we come to know ourselves more and that's also how we develop confidence okay so is so you would say then this is something you put into practice and apply and get better at because if you are having difficulty speaking up then you're probably having difficulty feeling vulnerable but we already know that if you can handle the other seven feelings that I've talked about, mm-hmm. then you can handle vulnerability. And all all speaking up then becomes is a situation that means I have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't turn out the way I want, then I have to deal with the emotional, the unpleasant emotional outcome. Mm-hmm. You you have you have truly nailed it here. I mean, this is making such sense, and it, and it's again. I keep using the word, but it's so hopeful to be able to think that there could be a tool or a guide where people could go in and develop themselves 
through these types right. of understanding. Right. I, I will tell you, speaking up, I think of speaking up as singularly the most important thing someone can learn how to do. Mm-hmm. And, and it's probably the longest chapter in the book. So cool. My husband would tell you I'm very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. That yeah. means you. That means you deal with your unpleasant feelings well. I perhaps. I. I, I guess. I, <laughs> I think maybe I do. But. Um, but I. I, I do find it. Uh, you know, we're all a work in progress, right? We're all constantly Definitely. right. So you know, yes. mastery of all of this would be an amazing goal. But I think that we owe it to ourselves, to our family, to our communities, to our loved ones to continue to evolve and to improve and 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 to continue to go into those vulnerabilities and say, mm, you know, notice those feelings, like you said, and 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 be there and um, and and be aware and constantly self-reflect because, you know, while I might always think I'm, I'm right and know it all um, and, to, you know, and, and my husband might say, yes, yes, you know, she, my wife knows it all. Um, I can guarantee you that there's still some vulnerability there that needs to be worked on. So I find this and I'm I'm you know, I'm a I don't want to say um, I'm a personal development, you know, Nerd, I love it. I'm constantly seeking out ways to grow and improve, and to to read and to learn. And it's just something that I I, I really enjoy. Um, um, but um, I I do know that uh, I think everybody has a space in their life for needing to grow and develop. We owe it. We owe it to our to our loved ones, right, and to ourselves. Yes. Yes. Definitely. I totally agree with you. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, and and yeah. so I know you wrote this book because you've worked with lots and lots of lots of pa- patients over the years, and 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 this topic, this book is is a culmination of what you've learned to be effective and to work and to help people move beyond, right? Yes, yeah. So it's it's, the, it's actually an approach I've been using for twenty five years. <sighs> Amazing. But, so to be to be honest with you, I mean it, it's gotten better. I can say that I as as I evolved, the work evolved, as, and as the more I used it, the deeper the understandings I, I was able to glean. Mm. And there are, I mean, there's even certain things that that I've written in the book that that really I've just that kind of emerged through the work, through my work in the past few years. So, in fact, in fact, as as recently as two years ago, my whole approach to grief and how I did talk about the the grief in the in the book in the chapter in the book. I talk about it as disguised grief, hmm. and and hmm. so so even that evolved as I uh, even as recent as two years ago. So so yeah, I've been, uh, frankly, I, I I was doing a, a talk at a bookstore, and mm-hmm. and and what I what I said at the very end of the talk was that I'd been sitting on. I felt like I'd been sitting on a gold mine for twenty five years, right? Because you knew the 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 power of what you I've seen I've work. seen the I've seen the effectiveness of this for for decades. Mm. Um, so here's the next question: Do you sure. do you still work with people individually? I do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mm-hmm. do. Uh, and and the goal for me, frankly, is also to get it out uh, more publicly. So. So to do more speaking, more yeah. speaking and training mm-hmm. uh, is really what I want to do. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And and I I can imagine where you know working continuing to work with people individually also helps develop you know your your approach further and, and sure. those kinds of things. Um, but I'm sure there's going to be people asking. So if somebody wanted to, um, do you have videos? Do you have like, other programs? online or would they reach out to you to work independently you know what i do i will have that i don't have that quite yet okay uh, that uh, so the uh, program uh, will be available probably i would say summer mm-hmm. uh, is when that'll be available that that's up next yeah uh, so, i can imagine so, yeah yeah so there'll be there'll be a program and uh, kind of a guide that will that people can use alongside the program. Mm, that's um, awesome. And otherwise, yeah, yeah. how do they reach you to work with you? And, and do you work remotely? Uh, I do work remotely. They can reach out through um, either through my website or uh, there may even be a there may be a phone number at the bottom of the website. 
Um, okay. probably, and, but but I'll, I would say start through email, and then we can kind of go from there. Okay, excellent. That's good to know, because I'm sure a lot of people mm-hmm. are going to be wondering that. Um because it is, you know, what we're hearing today and what we're what we're discussing is, um, again, I think something that's going to be really impactful and, and appealing to a lot of people. Um, and, you know, I did get questions, as I mentioned to you, we've had some questions that came in this week for you, and most mm-hmm. of them are around anxiety. And you mentioned earlier that you don't really like the word anxiety. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. Yeah, well, uh, so let me, let me walk you through it, if if I may, sure. Um, I think I think both the words fear and anxiety are misused. Okay, that's so. Great. So, for instance, when somebody says I have a fear of public speaking, it's like no, you don't really have a fear of public speaking because Bonus. fear. If we look at the way psychology defines fear, fear is danger in the moment right now, life threat or danger in the moment right okay. now. Okay, mm-hmm. so public speaking is not one of those experiences, right? Or mm-hmm. or. Uh, learning a new skill or going out for a cheerleading squad or mm-hmm. uh, or standing up in front of a group of professionals. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Th- that Those aren't fearful situations because you're not in danger mm-hmm. in right. the moment right now, right? Okay. So, so let's stop using fear okay. because it's, it's the wrong word and it evokes a certain kind of bodily response. Okay. The, most, the next most obvious place to go would be to say, I'm anxious or I feel anxiety. Okay. And anxiety, so it's more—it's kind of more correct, if you will. Mm-hmm. And and anxiety by psychology is considered diffuse apprehension of the future. So we're sort of expecting a negative outcome mm. from uh, or it, that's tied to an event in the future. Mm. But but same thing. I think that's also misused, and it's way too vague for me to understand what what's really going on for people. So usually I'll say what's kind of, if I take the words, anything that relates to anxiety and fear away from you, what are you really feeling? Well, the next most obvious would be vulnerable. Right. So so the first thing I would ask people to do is shift out of fear, shift out of anxiety, and check to see whether you're feeling vulnerable. Hmm. So if you're feeling vulnerable, then you already know that if you can handle the other seven feelings, you can tolerate vulnerability. And if it's not vulnerability, check to see whether it's one or more of the other seven feelings. Because I will tell you that that when lots of times people feel anxious because they're experiencing something they don't want to experience and they're and they're not expressing the feelings that they need to be expressing. Mm. So the two other ways that I look at anxiety is anxiety is a cover for the eight unpleasant feelings. Mm. So the eight unpleasant feelings are just hiding right underneath mm. that, that umbrella, that anxiety umbrella. Mm. Or you can look at anxiety as unexperienced and unexpressed feeling. Wow. That's awesome. It makes sense. It really does. And it's, you know, I don't know that, you know, in the whole medical world, the medical paradigm where they're handing out medication after medication for people who have anxiety and and depression. And we didn't even go. We didn't even go there. Yeah, right. We've only got a couple <laughs> minutes left, but right. Um, and these, you know, epidemic, right? Depression yep. and anxiety yep. epidemic. And um and and people are going and getting their prescriptions and stuff, but just to really think about the things that you just said and for people to have a perspective and an understanding and then the ability to be self empowered in, yes. in in those moments. It's it's truly, truly powerful. And your book, my goodness, Doctor Rosenberg, um, what a tool for people to be able to have. And again, you know, I, I I've said it a couple of times, I feel like people not only owe it to themselves but to others to have that level of emotional mastery, right? Um right. if we're gonna be co- coexisting, yeah. Right, right. And I will I will say everything I just explained is all explained in the book. And Amazing. and that I would I would agree with you that I, that I think a, lo- a great bit of again I can't say percentage wise but mm-hmm. I will make a, a an educated guess that a great degree of the anxiety that people are getting medicated for mm-hmm. and a, de- a great degree of the uh, of what they're getting medicated for in terms of depression yes. or both anxiety and depression okay is is really coming about because they're dis- distracting and disconnecting 
from the truth of who they are. They're just distracting and disconnecting from from these feelings, these difficult feelings, and as a result, they feel more anxious and they mm. and they move to what I call soulful depression. Mm. Okay. And 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 uh, that may be too much to get into no, right now. Well, <laughs> can you take one minute on soulful depression? I really like that, and that might be another show for us. But can you take okay. one minute on that? Um, appreciate it. Yeah. No. The way I look at the I, I, when we disconnect, when we do what I call trying not to know what we know. Hmm. Hmm. Then, then we move ourselves down a path of what I call soulful depression, mm-hmm. and it starts with it starts with um, feeling increasingly anxious, vulnerable. You feel more anxiety. You feel more vulnerable. You might experience bodily symptoms, or you might feel kind of out of control. Mm-hmm. And then that moves to eventually. Again, this is and this is over a long period of time. We're talking about probably years. The way sure. people disconnect and distract, and right. and there's a whole there's in fact there's a whole chapter on distractions. Oh my gosh! So people get further and further away from their truth, their who they are by distracting. Yeah, distracting. Sure. Oh, hundred percent. Right? So, yeah. So there's there's at least probably at least thirty things that I I mentioned in, in mm-hmm. uh, that chapter. My goodness. And and. And then if so, if somebody stays cut off and distracted in that way a little bit long period, then it moves to feeling kind of like you're like you're kind of cut off from yourself, mm-hmm. and you start to feel you start to describe feeling empty or mm-hmm. depressed or numb, and and for me that's an indication of somebody being disconnected. Yes, absolutely. And and then uh, then that that disconnection ultimately leads to what I what I then call soulful depression. So think of soulful depression as really just a uh, someone being disconnected, amazing, d- disconnected from themselves for a long period. It makes so so much sense. And you know, again, I think that that you know people owe it to themselves to to educate and to get earn perspective here that will perhaps help them from not being needing those prescription drugs and things like that and and um everything you said is just so powerful it makes such sense